Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. Nationwide demonstrations continue against perceived inequities between American racial and ethnic groups. And while left-wing activists in the metropolitan press focus on left-wing wish lists and mob-initiated iconoclasm, my guest today would like to offer a different option to improve the material and social circumstances of black Americans. Jim Waters, president of the Bluegrass Institute for Public Policy Solutions, offers one such solution, expanding charter schools. Jim joins me today to discuss the prospects for charter schools, both in Kentucky and nationwide. Uh, Jim, before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about the work you guys do at the Bluegrass Institute? Uh, yes, thank you, Michael. Uh, we're, uh, of course, a state-based free market think tank here in Kentucky. Our focus is on, uh, is on public policy issues here in Kentucky and offering a free market approach towards some of our greatest challenges here. And uh, we focus on uh, on fiscal economic issues, also education. And, and one of our unique aspects of the Bluegrass Institute compared to a lot of state-based groups is our emphasis on more transparent government. Uh, we have uh, some of the nation's strongest open meetings and open records laws here. So we have used that to, uh, to push policy here in a free market direction. Uh, I have a journalism background involved a lot in media, radio broadcasting, and also um, I write a weekly column that goes out across the state here and is carried by several publications uh, statewide. And uh, it offers, uh, you know, a lot of times it offers a balance to what you find on the op-ed pages. Uh, it offers uh, not so much a partisan balance, but a, but a policy balance in terms of uh, in terms of just really common sense free market approaches yeah, to issues. So, provided, providing the yeah. free market perspective where the editorial yeah. boards may be more state socialist. Yeah. Um, so, you know, limited before, government, you know, free market yeah. ideas. So, yeah. Yeah. So before we uh, we start talking about, about charter schools, let's just kind of define them because I think there's a lot of confusion, not all, some of which is spread by groups that don't like charter schools, most prominently the teachers unions, and we'll get to them. Uh, my understanding is that a charter school is a public school that operates outside the, um, the work rules, outside the authority of the local school district. Is that basically correct? Yeah, yeah. It, I think we need to also add there a couple things, and you are correct. Uh, but what it is is these are publicly funded schools, uh, but, in, but they are free from some of the rules and regulations that do hinder, we believe, many of the of the public school teachers who would do a better job if they weren't hindered by those things and administrators who also would. But also, it's important, to, I think, to realize that in exchange for that freedom, uh, there's an exchange that's made. In exchange for that, charter schools have charters. And those charters indicate that in exchange for freedom from these rules and regulations, we are going to perform at a higher level. So. We are going to use that freedom that we have to uh, to uh, reach a higher level of, of academic and, performance. Uh, and this we, is why you see a lot of a lot of charter school programs in uh, the major cities where the metropolitan school district uh, over the past decades has not proven itself successful at educating uh, educating its population, especially. Uh, the uh, poorer and ethnic minority populations. Yeah, we see that here in Kentucky, uh, especially, for example, in Louisville, Kentucky, which is one of the, the nation's largest school districts. 
uh, less than uh, less than 10% of our black students, actually across our state, less than 10% of our black students in Kentucky uh, tested proficient in math on the latest uh, na the nation's report card. So we have found that charter schools have been really the only consistent solution that we found to close the gaps between uh, black and white, particularly between low income and higher income students. Mm -hmm. By the way, one of the other things that charter schools are free from are union regulations, union rules. Yeah, we, so we'll, that, that yeah we'll get to we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the unions here in a moment. But that also um, plays a role in their ability to close those gaps. You know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so and again, the charter schools are all part of the broader uh, broader conversation about school choice uh, because they offer these families the opportunity to if the public school is not succeeding and if the prospects for reform of the public schools whether it's because of the teachers union whether it's because of other metropolitan political interests are, are not good the, the charter school offers them an option at state expense to educate their children uh, that was would otherwise not be not be there for them yeah that's really important these are schools of choice whereas in a traditional public education setting uh, schools are assigned they're assigned yeah, and, and and it's it's come it's commonly said that you know we already have school choice we have school choice for rich people who can choose to live in suburbs who can choose to live in the in neighborhoods pay those housing prices to uh, to to live in the neighborhoods that are zoned for the the, the best traditional public schools. Charter schools is a way to try to off, try to move that option, move those choices down the socioeconomic scale and give more options to more people. Right. Uh, the only people in Kentucky, for example, right now that have choice are families of means who can either move to a better school district or write that tuition check to a private right. school. So they have whatever right. choice they want. And I think that's that's an important point. Is you know they are choice though, and that that's important because uh, opponents of charter schools try to paint them as something different than what they are. So it's important to understand: parents choose to send their children to these schools. If if mm -hmm. enough parents don't do that, then these schools don't exist. You know, and uh, right. so it's important to make I think to understand that. So yeah. And that kind of gets it now, you know, talking about opposition, that gets us to uh, gets us back to the teachers unions. Uh, you know, we, the big we the big teachers unions, the NEA, the AFT, they obviously have their state and local affiliates uh, are the major roadblocks to adopting and expanding access to charter schools and to other forms of school choice. Uh, so what's the current situation in Kentucky? How aggressive have the unions been in trying to block expansions or uh, pilot programs or other efforts to increase uh, the access to charter schools. Yeah, they've been they've been very aggressive in this, and they see charter schools as kind of being a camel's nose under the tent. You know, where mm -hmm. uh, really most states that have any other school choice options have started with charter schools, so they're fighting really hard here because even though we have a charter school law in the books. Uh, it's a very weak law, and there weren't actually any funding mechanisms avail made available, so we essentially have no charter schools. And the mm -hmm. teachers' unions marched on Frankfurt, on our capital, uh, in in the last year to both keep any changes from being made, reforms, and especially to keep charter schools out because they cannot control 
those schools. Uh, they're not bound by collective bargaining agreements. And, so the and cannot control who teaches. And a bit more, a bit more, a bit more cynically, if yeah. the if the charter schools are, unless they decide to unionize, unless the teachers decide to unionize and organize under whatever the applicable law is, uh, they're not paying union dues. Uh, and if right. and if that's taking, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, that that's part of that's certainly part of it. You know, union dues. That's a that's the lifeblood of the. Uh, of the union, many of those dues, of course, used for political purposes. But a lot of our teachers here, when they find out, they're like, "We don't agree with that stuff. You know, we don't want to pay that." But, but that's a, that's and an they, and that's and that's where and that's where the, and that's where the right uh, the Janus decision comes in right. uh, in the in the public sector, including public schools, right. the teachers all across the country, not just in Kentucky. Right. Uh, you know, have the right to uh, stop paying the union to conduct advocacy that they don't support. Um, I don't know, yeah, Kentucky, it, did you guys have a right, did you guys have a right to work law before Janice or it was like really we close? Was... We, we got the right to work law passed, but, um, uh, and, but, but we still have issues here with, uh, with Janice being, not being followed and we're working yeah, on Yeah, no, they, they, we've mean, got that, we've got that nationwide. <laughs> but, you guys aren't but, alone, you guys aren't alone in that one. Yeah, but I want to add that, uh, Charter schools give teachers a choice too. You know, teachers, you know, teachers who really are in the profession to help kids and to teach. A lot of them are attracted to uh, these schools because they're more free to to actually, uh, you know, to actually teach and help kids. So, it's yeah, right. In, a, in, in curricula and and depending on how their work rules are structured, yeah, uh, they might have more pro prospects for advancement uh, versus seniority. In the traditional yeah. public school system, yeah, and we have teachers bargaining. starting charter schools. You know, they teach, some teachers across the nation have 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 bound together. You know, they've seen the problems in the current uh, in the current situation, and they want to provide something different. So, uh, and and that's great when teachers do that. You know, yeah. that that's uh, I think that is. And then of, and then of course, you know, we have the we have the unions, and they then fund their professional advocate uh, professional activist friends. The Center for Popular Democracy, other of uh, these left-wing organizing groups, and they fund them, and then these organizations go out and campaign against charter schools and try to organize uh, organize opposition to them, oftentimes by uh, misleading about what charter schools are and what they're intended to do. Well, exactly. Like, we had the unions here you know, trying to paint the picture of charter schools as being these elite schools for wealthy people. And, you know, just, it's well, not, and, not and there's the whole, there's the whole myth of, there's the whole myth of privatization that yeah, char charter schools yeah. are not private at really at all. They're government funded. They're subject to a chartering of the government. Uh, the, they might have a, uh, you know, an operator who's, uh, either a nonprofit or, uh, but they are not, they are not, you know, tuition fee paying. They are not private. They are not typically, I think anywhere they're not, you know, they're secular. They're not really, you know, a, a religious establishment of any kind, but that it's this uh, this way to motivate people, and I think just to I think just to scare them, to scare them into believing that there's some grand conspiracy to make them pay tuition for their children. When no, in fact, the government is giving uh, 
uh, those lower income people the same choice that rich people have to get their kids into a different school setting uh, and not have to uh, not have to have the financial resources uh, to in order to do that. Well, not a single law of the 43 states that have charter schools, not a single law allows, I mean, it pro, every one of those laws prohibits charging tuition uh, and, or picking and choosing students. So it's got to be a first come, first serve. Not a single charter school law in, the, in America allows that. So it, it is very much a misnomer. And, you know, I find it interesting that the charter school movement in large part has been led by uh, those on the political left in many of our urban areas who have looked at their education system, which has disproportionately failed their students. Yep. And they said, we've got to do something different. So it gives them an opportunity with, to move. Right. Yeah, it, it gives you yeah. an opportunity to work around yeah. municipal political systems that are often controlled by special interest groups like the teachers unions. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about the inequities um, and there are inequities, but let's get to the root of the problem. You know, so much of what we hear is just attacking the symptoms. But if you get to the root of the problem, if a poor black child can get a great education, uh, which all of the data, which is now 20 plus years, you know, we've had charter schools for over for 25 years, over 25 years now. Uh, so there's a lot of data there showing. Yeah, that once a, a child a, a child comes into a charter school, which is usually he's usually two or three years behind. After he's there for a couple of years, he begins to outperform students in the traditional system. You get a a child coming from generations of illiteracy and poverty in his family, and he gets a great a great education. He can turn that around. He can go to college. He can go right. get they, a career. They, what better way? You know, they, the, the liberal activist, the liberal activists yeah. talk about talk about, you know, school to prison pipeline and other things, yep. you know, once you, you know, you get a kid a good education, he's going to go, he's going to you know go to school or learn a trade, you know, get a, get a financial footing under himself, and he's not going to end up in a, in a bad circumstance. Well, some of our recent data here has us concerned that the diplomas that are being handed out, there's a gap in the quality of the high school diplomas being given to white versus black students. I mean, if you want to address the inequity issue. Let's address those things. If that, if that diploma doesn't help that student uh, succeed and climb that ladder, then whatever else we want to talk about with inequality, I don't know that it's going to matter that much until we fix the education system yeah. and close those gaps. So, yep. You know, and we have we have. By the way, we have three million uh, kids in charter schools. Right now in America, 60%, almost 60% are low-income minority students. So this idea that, you know, that these are elite schools and only for the wealthy and they pick the cream of the crop, it's just nonsense. It's a lie. Well, Jim, uh, thank you very much for your time. For more on charter schools in Kentucky, you can read Jim's piece at the Marshall County Tribune Courier. That's our show for this week. We encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.